If you're going to tell someone about Jesus Christ, be careful you tell them because you're going to live the life of Christ. Otherwise, they're not going to believe you. You have to be really careful. But the church needs to get ready like in the days of Noah for the end is coming. We can't continue to live the way we're living today. No possible way. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We are so glad you've joined us today for our continuing study of Noah's extraordinary life and inspiring faith. Today, Roll will challenge you to follow Noah in avoiding any distractions or temptations that could keep you from giving God your undivided devotion. As you follow Rawl through today's lesson, you'll also see that real demonstrations of walking in faith and obedience can point others to the Lord as they observe the testimony of your life. Today's lesson is titled, Noah's Obedience. Join us in Genesis chapter 6, beginning in verse 13. Here's Rawl Reese. Noah came to a place where now everything's going to be concluded, and the Lord now is saying, okay, Noah, this is what's going to take place. In Genesis 6a, remember? And Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with his God, and Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. It tells us here that he was a just man. He was a mature man. But I love the third one, and he walked with God. Enoch walked with God, and he was not because God took him. Walking with God is special. When you walk with God, you're saying, hey, I know my God. I love my God. And when you come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you go back and you learn, and you remember what he did for you, what he did for me, as the Father sent him into this world, because God so loved the world. 30 years, he preaches the gospel, and then they take him and they kill him. They execute him. Giving him a cross, carrying that cross, laying him down, putting nails through his hands and his feet, crown of thorns on his head, raising up that cross and dropping it into a hole, and the ripping of his arms. And then saying, Father, forgive them because they really don't know what they're doing. That's a real savior. No matter what we did to him, he has forgiven us. Completely and fully. Because of his love. And as I was reading this week, I was reading concerning Noah. Again, that when he started to build that ark, he was probably very discouraged. He didn't understand 120 years that God was going to bring a flood that everybody would die except him, his wife, his children, and their wives. You look at the rapture of the church today. A lot of people don't believe in the rapture. Paul the Apostle talked about the rapture of the church. It's been 1,900 years and still hasn't happened. Will it happen? 
I can say to you, according to the word of God, it's going to happen. When? We don't know when. We really don't know when. But there is a generation. Now hear me well. There is a generation, according to the Bible, that will never, ever die. They're going to be taken to heaven at the rapture of the church. Now this reason I say the rapture of the church, this will be a separation from the last seven years of world history, which we call the tribulation period. During the last seven years of world history, it will be a time that you don't really want to be here. That those that are chosen and taken before the last seven years of world history, which we call the Harpostle or the rapture of the church, is going to be not a majority, a minority, according to the Old Testament too. There was always a minority that believed in Jehovah Yahweh God. You can look up that word through the Old Testament. In every chapter, you'll see the word remnant. And as you go to the New Testament, as he's talking about people that are going to be taken. He's not taking the whole world. As in the days of Noah, only eight people survived the flood. Eight is a number of new beginnings. God was starting a whole new world with eight people. And the animals within the ark, two of each. You'll see in a moment insects that God had chosen to the ark. So as I read, I want to make sure that I understand. And when I went back to verse 13, I got blown away because in verse 13 he says, And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. All flesh. 120 years, Noah, it's up. No more. And the earth was filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. But God had said that parents had sinned so violently that the Lord could not get their attention anymore. And I always wonder again, what happened to the people that were here? The gospel was given to them. They believed in what happened to them. They got deceived by the world. Those that did not know God, the lust of the flesh. All the things that were going on in the world, they got distracted from the truth. That happens today too. Sometimes we get distracted and we want to go back to our old life instead of walking in our new life. And the problem is people of your family, they know you, your friends, your neighbors. If you're going to tell someone about Jesus Christ, be careful you tell them because you're going to live the life of Christ. Otherwise, They're not going to believe you until you live it. You have to be really careful. But the church needs to get ready like in the days of Noah for the end is coming. We can't continue to live the way we're living today. No possible way. Look what he says in verse 14. Here's God's command to Noah. Make for yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. This is something that was put inside of the ark to keep the water out and on the outside so the ship would not sink. Also here, pitch is a type of blood, atonement, atonement, protection. What Christ has done for us by going to the cross 
And so when I start reading this, make for yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms of the ark and cover it inside out with pitch, it can remind me, it reminds me how much God loved Noah and those animals that were in the ark by covering them with pitch so there would not be any problems when the storm would come. Remember, if it had never, ever rained, there was a mist, that's all. Where they were, there was no water. Where they were, people were making fun of them because they're saying there's no rivers, there's no lakes, there's no ocean. Why are you building this to make yourself a fool? And I could just see Noah saying, hey, listen, it's coming. The ark is going to be floating pretty soon. And sure enough, when the Lord, and listen, the Lord closed the door, not, not Noah. The Lord shut the door. As the Lord will shut the door when the rapture takes place. The only people that will be taken at the last days, at the rapture of the church, will be people like Noah that love the Lord and are doing what God says in his word. Otherwise, those people will go into the seven-year tribulation period where the Antichrist will be heading people that do not want to take the mark of the beast, according to Revelation 13. Like in the days of Noah, God said 120 years, and the end will come. And surely, I see the coming of the Lord. Look what he says, verse 15. The measurements here. And this is how you shall make it. So here God speaking to Noah. This is the way I want it. Exactly. No change. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, 50 cubits. And notice its height is 30 cubits. Now, 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. And that's when I saw the ark, but I could not believe how high it was, how wide it was. The volume of space in the ark was 1.4 million cubits, equal to a capacity of 522 standard railroad box carts which would carry 125,000 sheep, three stories high. Look what he says, verse 16. You shall make a window, one window, for the ark, and you shall finish it with a cubit, or one foot from above, and set a door on the ark, notice on its side, and you shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. So we see, number one, a window. One window, not ten windows, one window. To be able to see the conditions of the weather, the conditions of the flood, and then at the same time, the one door that was not only created there, they made a door, a door that would be closed, and a door that would be open in its time. Jesus said, I am the door to the sheepfold. If any man wants to come after me, let him deny and say, pick up his cross and follow me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man, notice, if any man come to me, I will open the door and he will be mine. I'll be his. All through the scripture, we have things that God spoke about in the word of God. Are you ready to meet the Lord? This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Our primary goal is to help you experience the fullness of all that God desires for your life. 
Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order a convenient USB drive of this entire series exploring Noah's inspiring faith walk. Now let's rejoin Raul with more of today's lesson, Noah's Obedience. And when the Lord shut the door, he set a door in the ark in the sight, so he said, you shall make it with the Lord's second and third digs. And then he says this, verse 17, And behold, I myself, I am bringing flood waters on the earth. Notice that. The purpose. Why God is bringing this flood. To destroy from under heaven all flesh, in which it is breath of life, Everything that is on the earth shall die. No one will live except eight people. Noah, his wife, their three children, and their three wives. Eight, the number of new beginning. God was starting a whole new earth because of what took place in the past. Sin destroyed the earth. God was going to create a whole new world through eight people. Noah, his wife, three sons, and three wives would begin to do that. And every animal in the ark, two by twos, they would go out from the ark and they would begin to repopulate the earth. And then God writes out their death certificates. Everything that's on the earth, he says, is going to die. So Noah, get ready. So again, what happened to those people that believed? What happened to them? As is going to happen in our own perfect time. There will be people in your family. There will be people that you know as friends. They will not make it into the rapture of the church. The door will be shut. Last seven years of world history. And then the Lord will be coming back at the second coming to judge. I just really believe in my heart that as I begin to study these passages. That I get concerned. For young people, I get concerned for parents that not only take their children to churches to hear the word of God, but as they sit and they hear, when they leave, they leave the same person that they were when they came in. There's no change. And there has to be a change according to the scriptures. Some receiving Christ as our Lord and Savior wanted to go back to their old life when our old life used to be dead. And yet, why would you want to go back to sin that brought the flood? Why not go forward into the kingdom of God, what God has for you today, tomorrow, and the next day? Not looking back, but looking forward. Moses did that. When Moses had the people of God, they were getting ready to cross the Red Sea. He looked this way, he looked that way, he looked behind him, and the Lord said, you forgot to look forward. You never look backwards or to the sides. You look forward and look to God. And what did God do? He opened the sea and they walked through dry ground. But the enemy behind them, what happened? The earth, now when they got to the other side, the Lord said, okay, Moses, get the little stick and hit the little water. And the water came and drowned every one of those Egyptians and their horses and their chariots were at the bottom of the sea. Today, what is God going to do when you look at people's lives? I get concerned for people because we love them. And we want your children to grow up serving the Lord. 
that you've done your best in sitting down with them, teaching them a Bible story, praying with them. They watch you pray with your wife, your wife praying with your husbands. And when you do that, you're doing exactly what the Bible teaches, to learn about who God is. And when you find out who God is, then you can share with other people who your God is. And they'll come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Don't give in to the devil. He's a great fisherman. You know, he sits there. He looks at your weaknesses. He sees your problems. And then he comes along and says, don't worry about it. I'll take care of you. And what he does, he takes his fishing line. He puts the hook, he puts the bait, and he throws it out. And he just sits and he waits. And then he says, a little bite. That's not a problem. Just wait. Another little bite. All of a sudden, oh, man, now I got one. And when he hooks you, he hooks you, and he will not let you go. He won't let you go until you come to Christ. And the only way to come to Christ is by repenting, by saying, you know what, Lord, I'm giving you my whole life. For a Christian to go back into the world is committing suicide. Committing spiritual suicide in your life because you're opening the door to Satan. Say, okay, Satan, God didn't work. You work. You can do whatever you want in my life. You don't want to do that. You want to make sure you surrender, you submit, you obey what God says in his word. And that's what Noah did. He obeyed as God told him to build an ark. So he built the ark. He got his family together to go into the ark. And then God says, okay, as you're in the ark, I'm going to shut you down. He closes the door. Seven days he waits to see what's going to happen. No rain. But on the seventh day, it started to rain. Everyone outside, even those that built the ark, didn't come into the ark. They drowned in the ark in what they had built. They could have rescued them. They didn't rescue. You know, we have Jesus has rescued us. We've given our lives to him. He's taken our lives and done something with our lives. And when we sin, he gets hurt. Why? Because he loves you. Because he cares for you. And he wants you to be a witness to the world. A world that is so dark. So dark. And yet, we have the light. We have the great light. That we can turn off the darkness by placing the light. And the light takes away the darkness. In these last days, Satan is working double time. Because he knows he's running out of time. He knows that he got kicked out of heaven. He got kicked out of heaven, and the Lord told him, one day I'm going to cast into the lake of fire. And he knows, man, time is short for me. So I got to get as many people as I can and take them to my home, which is what? Hell. You imagine all those people that went to hell in the flood? That only eight people were worthy to go into the kingdom of God, to go to heaven. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you know where you're going? How do you know you're going to heaven? How do you know there's a heaven? How do you know there's a hell? When you read the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul the apostle tells us that he went to heaven. 
And when he went to heaven, he saw things. There was no language that could ever describe what he saw in heaven. Couldn't tell you. When I read about heaven, the city of gold, the gates, the thrones, all these things, they're there, but I've never seen them. And I believe that when we see them, we're going to be blown away. We'll have our new bodies, our new minds. Christ will be with us forever and ever. We'll be out of this mess that we are in today. Forever and ever and ever and ever. Because of Jesus Christ, what he's done for us. The grace of God. In verse 18, he says what? But I will establish my covenant with you, Noah. And you shall go into the ark. You, your sons, your wife, your son's wife with you. Verse 19. And of every living thing and all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark. Keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Notice male and female. So they can reproduce. He goes on. Verse 20. And of the birds after their kind, of animals after their kind, every creeping thing of the earth, notice, after its kind, two of every kind who will come to keep it alive. And then verse 21. And you shall take for yourselves of all food that is eaten, and you shall gather it to yourself, and it shall be food for you and for them. God provided for the animals, and God provided for who? For Noah and his family. Verse 22. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. What does that mean? It means he started with grace, and he's ending with what? With obedience. Obedience. You have to obey. You can't do it without obedience. I think Noah, in concluding this chapter, that as he says, and Noah did according to all, not part, all, that God commanded him. It's a command. And they command so that you not only can obey, be in the ark, get out of the ark, and go ahead and do exactly what God called you to do. And that's what repopulate the earth. To repopulate and teach people about Jehovah Yahweh. About God. How to worship him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you know that in your life? Are you going to heaven? Or maybe you're not really sure. You can be sure. You can be sure today. You have to step back away from everybody where you are today. And look at your life, how you've been living your life this past week. Coming here today, how are you going to live your life this next week? And by you looking at your life, standing back, not looking at anybody else, by you, a husband, standing back, a wife standing back, and looking at your home, looking at your children, and then individually look at yourself and say, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. No matter what people say, we're going to serve the Lord because we love Him. And most important is because He loves you more than you'll ever love Him. Well, 
if you've never received God's gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, we encourage you to take today's lesson to heart and make that life-changing commitment. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review today's message, just call us at 800-634-9165 and we'll send you an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. When you get in touch with us, ask for the lesson, Noah's Obedience. We'd also like to tell you about Rawls' entire seven-part series, Illuminating the Lord's Desire and Ability to Rescue You from Sin, Just as He Saved Noah from the Flood. Titled, The Life of Noah, this collection of messages is now available on a convenient MP3 flash drive. Every lesson will ground you in God's gracious love and inspire you to follow Him with confident faith. Get in touch with us to order Rawls' insightful study of Noah's extraordinary life. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. And we'll send your thumb drive of all seven messages for a gift of just $10 or more. That's 800-634-9165. Or if you'd like, you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. This is a listener-supported ministry, and your tax-deductible gifts enable us to share the gospel through these programs, and we're grateful for your partnership. Next time, we'll explore more of how Noah served as a living witness of God's saving mercy. We hope you'll join us. We'll get a chance to reflect on how our lives can point people to Christ before His return, just as Noah's life warned of the flood. That's next time on Somebody Loves You Radio. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.